Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation with me, Katrina Julia. Here, you're going to learn all things on how to get healthy, how to make money, and how to build brands and give back, along with tips, tools, and technology hands-on to get you the results to help you create a life and a business that you love. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome everyone to the It's a Fit Life Creation podcast. And today's guest is Chris with Amateur Traveler. I am super, super excited to have Chris on the show as um, I first learned about Chris through TVEX. And TVEX, for those of you that don't know, is a travel bloggers massive conference. It's been around for years and network and community. And we were in Corning, New York this year. And I first learned about Chris through um, Patty introducing us as a speed networking sponsor to his incredible software, Blogger Bridge, and the ability to connect brands with bloggers. And my curious slash curious George uh, brain <laughs> went to his site because I'm like, who is this person? And found that not only does he work for a startup, not only is he a husband and family man and has traveled to six continents, he has numerous uh, podcasts, including Amateur Traveler, numerous award-winning, and he's been podcasting for over 13 years and super, super excited to have him here. And I know we're going to get so much value from Chris and creating a life and business you love and creating community. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. So what, what, like, how did you get started <laughs> in all this? Like, it blows my brain as a podcaster for a year, you know, brand builder for mm-hmm. three years. And so being in, you know, a family man, being in the startup space, traveling so much, like, take us through your story, take us through your journey. Like, how did the, all this develop? Well, and I, I should caveat in terms of being a family man, I don't have little kids at home. And, and you need to keep that in mind as I talk about <laughs> everything that I do. My kids are adults. Okay, but they weren't adults at some point. They weren't adults at some point. They weren't adults when, when this started 13 years ago, but they were teenagers actually at that point. So it makes it so, a little easier. No diapers. Yeah. So in terms of how it started, this sort of two, two halves to my life, the software half and the and the travel podcaster, blogger, uh influencer, if you want to touch that word, which I don't care for, <laughs> have. The the software stuff is what I actually went to school for. So um, that, that one is much more traditional. I you know went to school, got two degrees in computer engineering and came out and got a job in Silicon Valley. And I've been working in Silicon Valley off mostly, I was going to say off and on, mostly since then. Um, I now do software consulting to make a living. Uh, so I don't work full time. Uh, in part because of Blogger Bridge and and other projects, which is my own bootstrap startup. And then the other half is, so podcasting is 14 years old, just a little over 14 years old as we're talking like 14 years in a month. 
And I learned about it very early on. And so I started listening about 13 and a half years ago, a little more than 13 and a half years ago. And very quickly said, I've got to do this. I've got to do my own podcast. Um, I fell in love with the genre. I still walk around with earbuds in all the time, listening to something uh, on a great variety of things, you know, not always travel, history, travel, grammar, uh, news, just all sorts of things. (laughs) I love it. I was subscribing to 90 podcasts at one point. I think I may be down to, you know, 50 to 70, somewhere in that range. So, you know, first you have to admit you have a problem. So So your brain is like legit, like a supercomputer. Well, and, and, and people talk way too slow because I listen to podcasts at double speed, so, which is the only way you can consume that much. So I thought about doing a, a, a tech podcast because, as I said, that's, that's kind of my background. I thought about doing a Mac podcast or something like that. But Adam Christensen, no relation, almost the same name, yes. had already started the Mac cast then. And so it's like, well, you don't need two Mac shows, <laughs> which, of course, they're way more than two now. And so I thought about, I thought about doing a religious show. I actually do one of those now. And then. So faith focused as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then thought about having, uh, then I had a bunch of friends over for a Memorial day picnic and all the best stories were travel stories. And so that was Memorial day. And by July 2nd, amateur traveler was out there with the first episode and it was originally going to be all my travel stories, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. didn't work because I was traveling four weeks a year and podcasting 48 weeks a year. And that math doesn't work. You're like, uh, I've got to do something here to, to bridge and make it easier. Yeah. I see me running out of stories. <laughs> and I think, but right around that point, somebody uh, who I was working with had pitched me their trip, you know, mentioned to me their trip, but nobody was really pitching me at that point. Mm-hmm. Had meant, you know, cause I had maybe a hundred listeners at, wow. at that point. And I say, yeah, that's probably optimistic. I know I had 200 by the spring, you know, almost a, a year in because there weren't that many people listening to podcasts. It no, was a lot harder at the time. And so he was talking to me about his first cruise and they, and so I got him on the show and interviewed him. And I found actually that I liked interviewing people because as somebody who was only traveling four weeks a year, it was virtual travel. I get to learn about places and I'm, I love to learn stuff, which is, mm-hmm. you know, part of the reason for the the podcast addiction. The 50 plus, yeah. The yeah. 50 plus. It's like a university on wheels or university exactly. in your head all the time. Exactly. If it's not, if I run out of podcasts, I go to audiobooks. So. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I figured there was a bridging of the gap with the audibles. Absolutely. Wow. So then so, the blogging uh-huh. came later, the video show came later, the the second uh, travel podcast, This Week in Travel, came later, the third travel podcast, uh, which targets travel marketing and PR people, mm-hmm. um, Passport Travel Marketing and PR Podcast, mm-hmm. can you mm-hmm. tell that was named for SEO, that came later, you know, so all of that stuff kind of built up over time. So it sounds like also from a just organic basis, like you started with your passions and then you realize yep. like different things or opportunities to create more community. Right. And you were kind of led step-by-step step into, you know, this week in travel into the PR focus and kind of that angling and that value creation, so to speak, well, that audience. Partially it's, so each show was somewhat intentionally started with a goal. Mm-hmm. So Amateur Traveler, I really did have in mind very early on that I could make some money off it, that I could get more travel out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a podcast expo in October, I want to say, of 
2005, the very first one. Mm-hmm. So I had started in July. So, you know, brand new guy shows up to this expo, uh, introvert, I should mention. <laughs> I um, introvert and shy, you know, both, both of those were true. And so, you know, went to the first party and talked to no one, literally wow. walked around the room and, you know, basically I've, I've, become a functional introvert. I'm much better at, at small talk and parties these days because I start interviewing people. It's uh, how I deal with being an introvert these days. They're not so scary after all, right? It's no. kind of, I, I relate to that too. <laughs> but uh, So I went to that and there was a meetup for how to make money in podcasting and there were two of us there. Wow. Versus <laughs> so that now was, it would have been sold out. Yeah, exactly. That would be the most popular session. So that was always an intention with that is more travel, more money or something. Mm-hmm. That, that, and and to provide something of value to people. You know, that's obviously how you get that. This Week in Travel was very intentionally started. Gary Arndt, who I do that with, and Jen Leo, it was really Gary's idea. He said, let's do a podcast. Let's get some people who are already well-connected in the travel industry. Jen has traditionally provided (laughs) all our guests, less so today, but certainly early on, she was the one who would bring in the travel editor, the travel writer, because she knew them and we didn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the intention was, and we actually had a fourth co-host when we started that was Chris Elliott, um, who works now with National Geographic and (laughs) with some other brands, but he just got too busy and so he dropped out very early on. But the idea was we will get better known in the, among the travel editors and writers by doing a show that is featuring them. And that's one of the reasons the format is somewhat for travelers, but also for travel writers and travel bloggers. And we talk more to them and about them and about what they're doing. And the, the intention was always, it would help us get better known. <laughs> and the success of that show isn't so much the awards that that show has won. That show has won four North American Travel Journalism Awards. But that, for instance, both Gary and I, uh, one year apart, him in 2013 and me in 2014, were named by Travel and Leisure as in their Smitty Awards as the best independent travel journalist. Yep. And I saw that on the media kit as yeah, well. And, and, and so since and by the way, since I was named after Gary, and I don't know if they've named anybody since, I think I am still the reigning <laughs> champion. <laughs> champion of the best independent travel journalist. Because uh, clearly, when they named me, they trumped him. So that, everybody knows that. So, but the person who was one of the person who mentioned me in that competition, because that one you didn't submit for, they just chose people. One of the people who was a judge had been on the show and had learned about me through that show. So that show did exactly what we intended. Yep. No, that's phenomenal. And I love that you're talking about the intention because I, yeah. it's such a different energy when you start a project with an intention and just different goals with each and every action. But go ahead. Yeah. And so then the, the third, the fourth podcast, the third travel podcast uh, was started with the intention. So there's the faith podcast, the Bible study podcast, which I didn't talk about. Okay. So, but the Passport podcast was the fourth podcast, the third uh-huh. travel podcast. And that one targets people in travel marketing PR, much, much smaller show because I own Blogger Bridge and the target audience for that are travel marketing and PR people. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to provide a useful resource. resource for them so that other people will tell their coworkers or other people in that space hey, did you hear that great show about uh, marketing your destination to China? Mm-hmm. And then they'll discover the show. And, you know, that's still a work in progress. We've done mm-hmm. about 20 shows or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. 2021. 
and um, hasn't yet necessarily led to big bucks for Blogger Bridge or invitations to the uh, PRSA Travel and Tourism Conference or whatever. But that I think is sort of a two-year play mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. is what I'm thinking. And it's been about a year so far. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll probably evaluate it in about a year and see if that's working out. Because it may not. And if it doesn't, you know, then you put the effort into something else, hopefully. Or I think, like, to your point, you evaluate it and sometimes, like, it shifts directions and even, sure. like, a, a couple of things that you hit on. Um, one, as an avid user now myself for several, I think, two, three months now on Blogger Bridge, yep. I absolutely love, so anybody listening out there from a PR standpoint, <laughs> so a major shout out, um, you know, from a PR standpoint, whether you are a blogger, whether you are, you know, a videographer, whether you are, you know, have a desire to travel, create content, or you're on the brand side, tourism boards, you know, experiences, hosting, kind of like we do just a number of different things that you want to partner with travel bloggers, travel videographers, you know, brands, it is a phenomenal resource. Um, you know, I love, you're welcome. I love the destination, uh, flags that we get. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that makes it so much easier, you know, Hey, so-and-so. So for those of you listening, so-and-so is going to be in this destination that you flag during right. these dates. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a big believer of working smarter, not harder. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's super scalable. Then I love the opportunities and listing the opportunities and it gives the bloggers and influencers and videographers a chance to opt in to an mm -hmm. opportunity. And um, thank you for also, you know, blasting us out via the newsletter as well. So tons of value from, you know, being two, three months in into a brand new tool. And I can tell you, I've definitely tried over eight. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so you can definitely feel free to pick my brain. I've tried a number of them from an influencer standpoint to a traveler standpoint yeah. to a PR standpoint campaign. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so I love that. And I think, you know, I think you will definitely see more and more people, especially because as you know, more people are getting into as a brand and experience standpoint to right. that PR kind of focus. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also wanted to talk about, you mentioned, are you still doing the podcast on the faith basis? Uh, yeah. So that okay. is the second oldest show that I do uh, probably of all the shows that I do the most okay. regular uh, these days, it comes out every week. Amateur travel almost comes out every week, but amateur travel takes a lot more time. time. So when I go on vacation, so for instance, I'm about to travel for a month and I'm trying to build up <laughs> all it. of the episodes of amateur traveler so that it, there won't be a break while I'm gone. <laughs> yes, I can relate. <laughs> uh, in part because there are new advertisers and I want to make sure that we can serve those ads uh, yes. as those shows come out. And so I may be able to do that, but it's going to, you know, I'm going to kill myself trying to do that. Uh, but the other ones I've already recorded, you know, I have to edit and post three more uh -huh. before I go, but basically that one will definitely happen before I go. Before you go. I will definitely tune into the faith one as well, because that's something I listen to on an ongoing basis. Just, I mean, right now I'm listening to an Esther anointing uh, book. And so on a number of different things of, so audible, not yeah. a podcast, audible, um, and you know, a number of different things. So that also piqued my interest and I'm sure many of our listeners it will as well. So thank you for mentioning that too. I must've missed that somewhere. Um, so there's a lot of things to keep track of. <laughs> well, I can imagine from your standpoint, like your own stuff 
and then, yeah, yeah. And then, then all keeping all the ducks in the row. And by the way, you guys, Chris is super responsive. I send him an email on a blogger bridge email and I promise you within less than two hours, it doesn't matter what time zone I have a response. Chris, Chris has no life. He lives in <laughs> This is what we're trying to say. There was, there was an interesting discussion. So in one of the Facebook group for travel bloggers, yes. someone brought up the question of how, what is your goal for how many posts do you try and do in a month? Yes. And, you know, I think the most common answer was one to three or something like that. And I got on and I said, well, my goal for a month is four amateur travelers, two this week in travels, <laughs> two passport podcast yes. four guest posts and four yes. original posts or updated posts uh and last month i did well in the last 30 days you know just because of when it fell there were five amateur travelers two passports two this week in travels Love eight it. guest posts so so more than planned and four newer upgraded posts that somebody Love responded it. with what kind of voodoo is this <laughs> It's funny that you say that because mine used to be four and then I figured yeah. out the voodoo and I figured out, wait a minute, I can do eight plus this when I start amping up with community and I start amping up and we start amping up with people. It becomes easier and easier. Um, so talk about your present and you just talked about you're going on a month long trip which yep. I just got off of a month long trip. So I can relate to that in the episode. I just listened to, I know you talked about like Spain in 10 days and having a two night rule. Well, uh, after, after, after Spain. That. 10 days. <laughs> so <laughs> talk was, about, go ahead. That was, that was the trip where we learned the lesson. So if so, this is Tuesday, this must be Toledo. So, so talk about your upcoming trip. Talk about maybe some of your lessons learned. And what if you were speaking to yourself 14 years ago? Current Chris to Chris 14 years ago. Hey, you are good looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I, I love just, it. I love I it. was just too, too easy there. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> Yes, um, and so upcoming trip, let's start with that. Uh, so I have actually two trips back to back, a family trip with my uh, adult kids as a son-in-law and a wife to uh, Japan for two weeks. Awesome. Um, I have been there, but they have not. And so we're trying to do uh, what they want to do this time. So fewer, fewer UNESCO world heritage, heritage sites, fewer shrines and temples, <laughs> and figure out something else to fill the time. I've got at least one beer tour planned and I'm not a beer drinker. So that one's, that one's not for me. And, you'll just be along uh, for the, you'll be the DD if that, because you'll oh, I'll be, I always have so much fun when we spend time with our, with our kids, they don't live imagine. in this area. And so it'll, it'll be great, whatever we do. Um, and then I fly directly from there to uh, South Africa to go on safari in Botswana. Uh, wow. for, so that should be fun. Wow. That's totally different cultural aspect from. Yeah. Japan. Packing should be fun. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I'm going to try to pack in a, in a carry on. So. Cool. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I keep saying, Chris, you remember the show, The Jetsons? I'm sure you do. Sure, yeah. Like, I'm like, why is Judy, why has Judy not yet invented, like, me putting my closet in my pocket? Like, why does this not exist yet? <laughs> so you've got those trips coming up. Yeah. And then, so let's, so what's going on, you said, for a safari? So is that the entire trip in Africa? Yeah, it's a okay. safari in Botswana wow. uh, to the, I believe, the Okubongo Delta and to the Kalahari Desert. Wow, that is definitely, a safari is definitely on my list. I have not done that yet. So, so And that is a, uh, a 
press trip, it's it's partially sponsored. You know, okay. it's it's an expensive safari. I think some of the flights I'm picking up. Okay. So. Awesome. So what else, like if you look backward on, you know, lessons learned, wisdom that's now been imparted 14 years later, 13 years later. There are things that I would do differently in, uh, well, let's, let's, we'd have to pull things one at a time. So with amateur traveler, I think a lot of us in the travel blogging space are wishing we had got into SEO earlier. Um, and I have no excuse because I'm coming out of a, a, a very technical field. Uh, I was, you know, an EVP of engineering and operations for a software, for a, a com- internet community company for a while. I was a director of engineering at TripAdvisor. So, you know, I, I know SEO, but there's You're knowing SEO days. and there's practicing SEO. That's definitely something I would have done sooner. Um, and there's also things you learned along the way. You know, part of that is just every blog post, even when it's an, a podcast episode needs to take advantage of the fact that it needs enough words there for Google, which mm-hmm. um, I think Google existed when I started. <laughs> it's a little hard to remember. Twitter didn't, the iPhone didn't think <laughs> a lot in the last uh, 13 and a half years. So, but Google was there. Um, so that's definitely one of the, you know, practical things that I think of is doing that. Um, I think a lot of the things in terms of like quitting the full-time job was a great big step and going to contracting. I was a little afraid to do that. I'm still a little afraid to do that. And it's been over five years since I've done that Um, in part because it's feast or famine, Uh, you know, right now, for instance, uh, I have three podcast interviews today, but no paid work. And then, you know, just there isn't anything coming in right now from, you know, I'm trying to start some new contracts. And mm-hmm. one of the ones I was doing for timeout is kind of winding down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in June, it was the opposite. I literally had one day where I was trying to work on four different contracts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it was so driving one extreme to the crazy. next. Yeah. yeah. So, well, go ahead, because I don't know if you wanted to add anything else to that, but I had two questions or two comments. Well, the only thing I would say about that is I don't know that I've learned to get over that fear any more now than I did. So I've been at 18 years in venture back startups in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was, uh, one of them is, well, two of them, I guess are still around. And one of them was a spectacular failure. Not, we didn't just fail. We made it into bite magazines, 20 biggest all time failures before they also failed. Wow. <laughs> So literally, we're up there with the Osborne computer, if you know who they are, and the Apple III and things like that. Uh, you gotta, you get it. We're going back a ways here. We're going back to the 80s. I'll have to Google it after. This list came out. <laughs> but I was working on a pen-based computer in the great pen scare of the late 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. uh, when literally people were writing in the press that keyboards are going away, everybody's going to be using a pen. Turns out, not true. Um, but Still using them today. Yes, but they they did what they needed to do. They sold magazines. And when they writing about how, what a stupid idea that was, even though they were the ones who were writing about it earlier, that also sells magazines, you know, so that was something I learned back then. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, lost that job because the job kind of went away. Went away. the The company laid off all but 30 people the day I left. And those of us who were leaving were much happier than those who were staying because we knew it was done. And went out and in two weeks got seven job offers. So that's sort of when I got over a lot of the fear of 
taking the risk because mm-hmm. we're, in, I live in Silicon Valley. We're a risk addictive culture. Uh, yeah. Addictive culture in some ways mm-hmm. you, you wear the number of failed startups you've been at as a badge of honor. Sometimes <laughs> I, I knew somebody that his first day at that company, this was his 11th startup. And he was walking around, I'm sure, like... Oh, no, no. He, he, wasn't, no. Like, he wasn't like it was a, uh, a choice. He would have preferred to be non-startup. Uh, non- <laughs> non-startup, startup failure. Yeah, there are a lot of fun things about working at profitable companies. If, you, if you've done that, I've, I've heard it's good. Yes, yes, it's very good. <laughs> People talk about, oh, I work at a non-profit. And I say, oh, so do I. Oh, you mean an intentional non-profit. <laughs> oh, that gives back to help and homelessness. And sorry, all that that's, that's a different thing. Back. Never mind. <laughs> Well, a couple of things that you hit on. So one, faith versus fear, right? Yeah. That, you know, it's funny. I was just recording an episode on clutter to clarity and the courage to create a life and a business you love. That's a lot of C's. (laughs) So, so the alignment of it is very timely, ironic, but you know, one thing I always say is that we end up being uncomfortable anyway. Whether you work for someone, you know, whether you're helping someone else with their dreams or, but then the fear starts to come up oftentimes a lot more when, like you said, it's, you know, you're out there, it's your startup, it's your dreams, it's feast or famine, or it's figuring out how to create the foundation, stabilize all those different things. And I, I know from my end, I can definitely relate to repeatedly choosing faith and, right. and taking action despite or in spite of the fear. But you also might fail. Oh. I mean, that is, that is the thing that is, it is realistic and that sometimes you should not take the risk. Sometimes it's not well thought out. So I took a career break in uh, 2010 and I say a career break. So I quit the full-time job theoretically to work on amateur traveler full-time okay except that i knew that amateur traveler was not ready for me to use it as a full-time job but i needed to quit the full-time job i had been there for 14 years in a in a venture you know it had started as a venture-backed startup and we had gone through the dot-com bubble burst so we had gone from 256 employees down to 15 mm-hmm. uh, and then back up to 80 and then down to eight, 60 and you know i as a manager, as a person who was a VP of uh, EVP of engineering, all things tech, engineering and operations, I had had to go through ten rounds of layoffs. Wow! And, and during the dot com bubble burst, it was seven quarters in a row we did layoffs. Wow. You know, getting from two fifty six down to fifteen, and and it's you know on Harry Potter where they take a little piece of your soul and you put it you know in the in the whatever you lose a little piece of your soul the cauldron I've been through three reductions in force and it's not fun it's not fun yeah I've been through 14 wow something like that um I've been around longer than you have (laughs) but but you know seven of them were were within uh a year and three quarters wow Um, so it was almost like a 90 percent of our customers went out of business wow and we literally saved the company by changing what we were doing completely because of luck. I mean, basically, we were heading towards shutting down and we had eBay came to us and said, the company that ran their community discussion boards is exiting the business in a month. Could we do that for them? Wow. Uh, 
And then we also got a contract for AOL to do all their moderation. I remember uh, AOL. Or, and so, or most of their moderation. And so, you know, that saved the company. And then we basically exited what we were doing and got into the business of running other people's communities. We had our own before mm-hmm. called Talk so City. You, so you learned from that, basically, like you said, you, I've started to use the terminology win or learn because mm-hmm. it has a whole different connotation, but you guys massively pivoted from what you were doing. We had to, yeah. <laughs> and like you said, you had to, and you chose to go in that direction. So on a, like you said, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or monthly, like what are some of the pep talks you have with yourself on a faith basis, on a keep going, Chris, you know, encouraging yourself, the community, all those things. I don't know that there's a, there's a, I don't know if I give myself pep talks or not. Uh, I do give my, I do scold myself sometimes that I need to get back (laughs) to the the to-do list uh, and, and get something done. Um, that's, I think more of it than anything else. It's Mm -hmm. still, there are still things that are easier to work on than others. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't make them the right things to work on. Very true. And so, you know, I live out of my to-do list and so I know what I need to get done Mm -hmm. to get, you know, things out on a regular basis to get that, you know, newsletter for blogger bridge has to come out every month. Uh, so, you know, all of those sort of things are, periodic things in my to-do list and I, I run out of a system. Um, and I, and it helps if you know yourself. So for instance, I do, um, I do some volunteering and it's on Tuesday nights and I come home and I know that I won't get anything done on Tuesday nights as a rule. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's exhausting enough that by the time I've, you know, commuted, more than an hour to go and do that and come home again, that's a great night to just catch up on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, I know that Friday nights before an amateur traveler comes out, whether I am tired or not, I'm motivated by deadlines. You know, you're talking to somebody who got their master's thesis done 45 minutes before it was due, right? <laughs> so a thesis in one hand, the yes. extension letter in the other one. So <laughs> take whichever one you need. Yes. So deadline motivated to-do list, what do you use technology-wise for to-do list? Or is it old school, like writing things down? Or is it both? No, it's uh, definitely not old school. I use uh, Things okay. by Culture Code, I think is the okay. name of the company. And the big advantage to that for me is that it syncs to all my devices. So when I'm out walking, which is always where I get ideas, or when I'm driving in the car, I can say, you know, hey, uh, Apple device, <laughs> uh, remember, and that will yes. add something to my my reminders, and I can import that into things. Hmm. Uh, and then that will show up on my computer that will sync there automatically or on my iPad that I'm, you know, looking at at night when I'm going to bed. And so that is helpful. And then it also has both to-do items and then projects, but you can also, you can do a repeated to-do, but you can also do a repeated project, mm-hmm. which is helpful for me because, well, also because like an amateur traveler episode is not one thing to do. It's 15 things to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's remember to um, record this, remember to edit uh, the audio, remember to put in the chapters, remember to promote it to the tourism board, remember to publish it, not in that order. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a series of steps. Exactly. 
And I literally go through that every time. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to do that. So mm -hmm. I'll have to look at that one. I use focus matrix. I mean, I write mm -hmm. things down, but I use focus matrix, which helps with like risks and helps like reprioritize all the time. But I haven't heard of things yet. So from a, so you talked about also like feast or famine and you talked about also like sometimes it's creating value and sometimes it's, yep. paid well, hopefully it's always creating value. Well, it's always creating value. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for correcting that. It's always, and catching that. it's always creating value, but sometimes it's instant gratification, right? And sometimes it's delayed gratification because it can lead. Usually it's delayed gratification. <laughs> well, that's what I tell people all the time because they yeah. think, you know, being an entrepreneur is this like ultra glamour thing. And I'm like, listen, I have seeds like sprouting now that I started working on three or six months ago. Like it's usually right. not instant. Um, so well, this, and this year you mentioned the growth in the podcast. Yes, yes. So amateur traveler, best year ever, uh, before this year was last year, 1.9 million downloads. Um, Phenomenal. This, this year we hit that in June. <laughs> wow. So basically um, you already hit 2017's year's growth by the yeah. middle of this year. Yes. And so we're right now at about 3.5 million downloads. Wow. Um, so it may, it may double. Uh, it, there's some seasonality. So we're, we're kind of on the downward end of the, of the curve and that starts to pick up again in December. So it kind of depends People how much. People stay home up. and they're cold. Yes. Well, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> they start, start getting in their planning mode again. Um, so, but that felt like, you, there are now numbers that make sense for doing some different revenue and some different things with ads that I'm that have in progress to try and get more money for the mm -hmm. back catalog. Cause people aren't listening to the newest episode necessarily. They're downloading where they're going. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So some people listen to every episode and some people basically, well, I had one woman Focus. say, I'm going to Europe. I downloaded 50 episodes of your show to figure out where to go. <laughs> well, like you said, there's always value and actually how yeah. does it feel Chris? Because 13 years in podcasting mm -hmm. and now to see the numbers that you're seeing, the leverage and the value and the community. That's Only growing. 13 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> uh, that, exactly. Perfectly said. Um, let me ask you this too. Do you see, because as you talked about, you know, feast or famine or contracting, mm -hmm. do you see creating, for example, a travel challenge or creating courses, or creating retreats, or creating academies? So um, I have thought about creating courses because I love to teach. I can um, definitely feel that. Yeah, but not necessarily. I uh, When I start to think about that, I think about, more about, for instance, travel bloggers and things like that, because a lot of the things I love to teach are the, are the technical things and the, mm -hmm. and the marketing things and those sort of things. Um, I don't like course creation though. <laughs> so, so that has not been something that I've quite gotten around to yet. It's, it's one of the many, many things on my list. <laughs> cause I find it interesting. Cause I, I almost look at like when I'm creating, for example, a podcast episode mm -hmm. or a blog or, you know, a live on social media or whatever the case is a blast. I almost think of it as a mini kind of course with less parts. So, but it's, it's interesting how all of our brains work different or like to your point, like it's just, it's, it's probably like a joy to create the episodes, to create the content amateur traveler or the right. passport ready or whatever the case is, or this week in travel versus sitting down to create like a structure 
and then a takeaway and et cetera. I could see where that's different. Well, one, of, one of the models that I like that I heard recently on one of the, one of the many podcasts I listened to uh, <laughs> is the, uh, the T model, uh, T-E-A, that you have time, energy, and attention. Yes. And what I tend to run out of sooner at this point, I mean, I have so many things to do, I will never get them all done. There, mm-hmm. there are, just on Amateur Traveler, I have literally on my to-do list of uh, posts to write uh, over 365. <laughs> so if I wrote one every day, I would, I would have, you know, ideas at least for, so when people are, PR people are pitching me ideas, it's like, I don't need ideas. <laughs> yes, yes, I can see that. Because like you said, like when you're creating ideas, it stimulates more creation. Right. Or, the, or you'll read a post by somebody and think, oh, I could do better than that, or, or that gives me, an, you know, I should do something like that, or, or whatever. So, yeah. And then, so attention is definitely sometimes a problem. You know, it, am I working on the right thing today? Uh, but energy is, I think, the thing that I find that I have to manage on a, on a daily basis. Um, one of the, you know, on Friday nights, for instance, those many night Friday nights when I used to do all my own editing for the show. So mm-hmm. I was actually doing the audio edit sometimes and putting, doing an enhanced version, an iTunes enhanced version. So looking up pictures and links for everything we're talking about and putting them into the show and things wow. like that. So it, you know, it takes hours. Time. Um, yes. It takes time. And I would do the, what I now have since learned is the Pomodoro method. I didn't know that that's what it was when I, when I discovered it, you know, I'm sure many, many people have discovered over the years, but you know, I would play a game for five minutes and then I would go edit for 25 minutes. And then I would, you know, repeat through the evening because I would be doing this after uh, quite often after 60 hours of work at a startup. Cause most of the time I've been doing the show, I've been doing this on a top of a full-time job, mm-hmm. which was often a startup in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So, and at least once I was doing that on top of two startups because I wrote Blogger Bridge as a startup at night while I worked for a startup <laughs> during the day. And then you were still doing episodes and for Amateur doing, Traveler or This Week in Travel. Possibly. Yes, I, I was only doing three podcasts then. So Only three, not five. Only three. So where do you see like the, so where do you see, like you mentioned 365 episodes already in mind. Where do you see the future of 365 blog posts? Blog posts, sorry, blog posts. Additional blog posts. There's already over. Yes, in in process. In process. (laughs) uh, Are in the in the idea realm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you see Chris going? Where do you see amateur traveling? Like the future, the future of everything you've created, the community. So that was one of the reasons why I asked about the courses, about you know. Uh, other income streams, other sources, like where do you see the future of it going? So the, the plan, and we'll see how this works, <laughs> right? Plans. So what is it? If we make plans, God laughs. Yes. So where I'm working on right now is because of the numbers that I'm seeing and with some hope that those numbers will persist or grow. Uh, and, and they're not completely random. I've, I've been doing some things that I think have led to those, mm-hmm. um, like doing a, a segment for a very, very popular daily tech news show every week, talking about tech and travel to get my name out there in a very consistent basis, which I think is probably mm-hmm. the most successful thing I did that's led to this round of growth. Well, and tech and travel from your aspect is phenomenal because you do tech and that travel. Is, that is both my brains. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, my intention is to see if I can make sponsorship, just straight sponsorship on Amateur Traveler podcast 
a larger percentage of my income. Uh, I've engaged uh, somebody I know who sells ads on a lot of podcasts and only recently has started selling on travel podcasts. Uh, he started to sell. So that that's picking up already um, with some other things that are going on. So that is raising the numbers, you know, not yet in the fashion that I need to, I need to um, get more like four times as much revenue from that. If I wanted to do less of the software contracting, which is what I'm trying to phase out more. And what that means is selling ads in the, the way the podcast ads are normally sold is they're baked into an episode. Mm -hmm. And typically you're only paid for the downloads in the first month. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, the, typically, the, that it, they use the first month's downloads because most shows, that's when they get downloaded is the first month. Mm-hmm. For a show like mine that has a very long tail, mm-hmm. so in July, I had almost 450,000 downloads of the show. Mm-hmm. Only probably about fifty to 60,000 of those, maybe 50 to 80,000 would be shows that were um, within a month, you know, of, uh, were fresh in a sense. The rest were some other show going back a year, two years, 10 years. Wow. I guess people were people were going. Yeah. It was destination driven. And so as I shift the ability, to, as I basically am changing some format so that the predominant format people will be downloading will be the MP3 version instead of the iTunes enhanced version mm-hmm. where you can't insert ads technically. Mm. Uh, as I do that switch, the that one will still be available, but you have to go on the, the website to get that. And mm-hmm. I have other ads on the website, so that's that's not mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, then basically, hopefully, I can get more of the revenue coming in for the content that I love doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, which also leads to more travel and travel pitches and things like that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, as that goes down, then uh, basically doing less of the software contracting um, blogger bridge or something like it entrepreneurial is I think something that I really enjoy doing. I'm working on a couple of those right now. Um, I'm working a on some, social, yeah, I'm working on some social media tools, uh, because I wanted them. And uh, then I'm working on some things for some other people right now that we'll okay. see what happens with them. I could see with the software aspect in your brain and just the aspects or the desire to create more time freedom. Yeah this to the, the shifting there. So, um, with the growth in the podcast to just kind of recap, uh, in basically different opportunities for more income streams there mm-hmm. as it's grown, uh, more software, more travel and tech to kind of yep. go back to that, that buzz stream. And, and I don't know if you're ready to share anything, but as a sneak peek, like what kind of tools, because like blogger bridge, I found great. But like, because I'm sure your brain is always working, similar in the standpoint, like I always look at where is there a gap? Where can I fill a gap? Yeah. So right now I, so I do a lot of social media and (laughs) I was using Hootsuite to do a lot of my Twitter (laughs) scheduling, but it wasn't quite working for me the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've written and am writing a, uh, a tool that, that is already doing all of my um, Twitter scheduling, scheduling for uh, for the archive of posts. So I post about six old posts a, a day uh, to get out content for, mm-hmm. for older posts that I've done, older podcasts, older blog posts and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is already being run by a new um, yet unnamed piece of software that I have written. Love it. Love it. Uh, and so I have some other plans for that. So that's mm-hmm. definitely one of the, mm-hmm. one of the things that's 
uh, in the works. So we'll see. <laughs> Love it. Um, my brain also went to something that you just mentioned on repurposing content. I always tell people repurpose content because there is a good oh, yeah. chance that your current and or new audience has not seen it. And oh yeah. Salesforce ran, you know, a study that it now takes an average person six to eight times to see something before they actually resonates and they actually take action. Right. Well, and one of the things that I do on Twitter and the reason I'm focusing on Twitter is I also use Twitter to stay top of mind with the destinations. Hmm. And so when I'm tweeting out the old post about uh, Spain and mm -hmm. the show that we did on running with the bulls or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Then I'm copying the Spanish Twitter feed on that. Uh, hopefully they will promote it, but if nothing else, I'm hoping they will see that this is somebody who is helping promote their destination. Uh, and it's, and surprisingly, I would say every week somebody picks up something and, and sends it out to their audience or yeah, I don't know about every week, but mm -hmm. you know, but periodically you'll definitely Features. see a bump in some old episode uh, that has come out. And mm -hmm. I mean, the other thing that I'm trying to be more aware of is things like, um, so my biggest post here on the blog over the last month was about the balloon festival in New Mexico, New Mexico in Albuquerque. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Uh, I wrote it last year after the balloon festival, but of course I thought to re-promote it this year below before, the, before the balloon mm -hmm. festival and it was some, especially with some uh, Pinterest uh, promotions, yes. uh, you know, did some new pins in there and got that, at, uh, which is my second best source of traffic for the blog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was quite successful. That posts that were written you know, a year ago, basically got 6,000 new reads or something like mm -hmm. that here in the last month. And partly it's trying to remember to do that sort of thing of when is a good time to promote the content that you've already written? Because when is it going to be useful to someone? Relevant, right. yes, yeah. yes. And it's staying on top of that from a seasonal aspect, from a timing yes. event aspect, like what you're talking about with New Mexico is where it's great when we do it, right? But it's great even when we've got assistance to like kind of ping you or remind you whether it's a tool, a person, right. whatever the case is. Um, no, I love that. And I love the repurposing. And I love another thing you hit on is, you know, recreating value, repurposing, but also recognizing the value of other networks and the leverage of them pushing out the content. Sure. Yeah as well as them looking to you, whether it's a tourism board, whether it's a company, whether it's a brand to say, oh, Chris already produced this. Amateur Traveler already produced this. This is an easy shoe in. And I'm sure when you reach out, like, hey, here's an example of something we've already done. You would be surprised <laughs> how little people take advantage of that. <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm not surprised because I do it all the time and I see where people don't do it. Yeah. And they're wondering, like, why don't I get work? Why don't I get this? Like, when I went to Spain... No, no, I mean how little companies or destinations take oh. advantage of Oh, see, that amazes me. Because, like, yeah. I'm like you. Like, I was posting stuff about Spain, like, consistently. Bulgaria, London recently. Yeah. And it's like, here's content. Here's content. Like, here's what, you know, we can do. And it, 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 you're right. Because when I look at the platforms, 
I don't see the frequency of content or the frequency of features or the frequency of repurposing on the brand or the tourism aspect either. Well, and I, I think I understand the reason for that. And it's, it's kind of a lesson in there for all of us in the sense that it is very easy to get caught up with your plans and not be able to react to opportunities. And this is true for us, but it's, it's doubly true when you think about a tourism board who's a you know, government employee <laughs> and is getting measured on that particular project that they did. There are some that realize that they need to build schedule time in to do Great. this, to, take, mm-hmm. to have the ability to take advantage of these opportunities mm-hmm. because someone else promoting your company, someone else promoting your destination has more value than because you it's someone else buying ads, right? Um, so even if you just, you know, you see something, somebody promoting you on, on Facebook, you know, and it looks like it's performing well, throw some money at it, right? Mm-hmm. Promote that thing because it will be a, a and there's studies that back this up, right? But Psychology. it is, but trying to remember to take the time to do it and to build it into your schedule. I think we all have that problem with, oh, that new thing has come. Do I have time for that? I'm, I've got, you know, I've got to make the sausage. So, <laughs> but to your point, it's the plan, right? And it's like yeah. one thing I've gotten to learn over the last four to seven years, it's like, here's the plan, but let me like, let me be married to the plan, but let me also, it's like, let me keep my head, head in the clouds, but my feet on the ground. Right. And let me be super present and super aware of what's going on so that I can react so that I can leverage. I mean, even some of the influencer marketing we've done that I've paid attention to which influencers work great, which ones don't, what platforms work great, which ones don't, you know, just all these components and not just that, but you hit on this earlier, the time, because just because something's not working in a month doesn't mean it's not going to work. Perhaps you haven't given it enough time to catch on. And that's a tricky thing to tell. <laughs> yes, because it's, it's the pivoting and it's like, well, is yes. this working? Are people buying in? So tell me, like, what do you think, like, with all that in mind, where do you see, and you also hit on this in your comment, Chris, the authenticity. When people mm-hmm. promote you and, you know, whether it's a tourism board, whether it's an influencer promoting a brand, whether it's, you know, doing an episode on a destination, whatever facet mm-hmm. it is within the travel or blogger or PR space, right? Where do you see, just because you've had, you know, 13 plus years of experience, you've been involved in TPEX and all these different, you know, tech issues, all these different aspects, and, you know, traveling to over six continents and still featuring the seventh one, that where do you see kind of, you know, the, blogger, the tech, the tourism board, like the shifts happening, say in the next year, five years, 10 years, like what are, you know, what is your gut telling you? What are the trends telling you? Because oftentimes those can be two different things, right? Your gut can tell you one thing versus the other. Yeah. I don't know if my gut's telling me anything different. The trends that we're seeing is Google isn't going to be irrelevant anytime soon. (laughs) And therefore, and one of the nice things for a content creator is they've gotten better at what they do. So increasingly better content is how to get people's 
attention and better content has, you know, a wide open definition, right? Mm -hmm. Better content might be really great Instagram stories, or it might be long form podcasts, or it might be great writing, longer writing these days, typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, It might be great photography. It might be all of those. Um, And that's certainly what a lot of us are trying to do is a, you know, Get, it, get that video so that we can have that video as part of the blog, which we talk about on the podcast and, you know. Repurposing integration. Yeah, because, you know, hey, there's, there's so, it's so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I see that that trend of more and more content marketing and, and blogging to me is a part of content marketing. Really what bloggers are, successful bloggers are successful content marketers. Um, for themselves at least. But content marketing, as far as I can see, I, I don't see it going away. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say it's here to stay, but everything everything tends to change. But in yeah. general, if you think about it, one thing that has been constant is good content is a value, whether that be Dickens novels or the Homer... <laughs> Homer's Odyssey or content's always been around, right? Yeah, now good, we just we content, just coin uh, it something different. Is is valuable. Good storytelling is valuable. It is memorable. If it, I think of the book Made to Stick, you know, it talks about uh, the beginning chapter of the book. He talks about urban myths and why do they work? And part of the reason he says is stories stick. We are made to for story for story. And so that's definitely something that I think is good news from a content creator's point of view. Now, the one thing that from a travel blogger's point of view, the influencer and the rise of the influencer has been a distraction in some ways. And and I, I mean the influencer in terms of the, the shallow content, mm, the non-engagement, the non-engagement the and and the non-scientific approach to let's just find somebody who, you know, can take Instagram pictures, things like that. I'm not a big fan because I'm not sure that it works mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. sell travel. Mm-hmm, now, to mm-hmm. sell shoes and purses and and haircuts, absolutely. Lower There's, cost item, right? Lower cost item. It's an impulse buy. The Expedia tells us that for the average American to book one particular trip, you mm-hmm. know, remember, average Americans taking one trip a year, right? Maybe mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. And so how many times do they visit any particular website during that trip is like 140 different website visits. So the odds are that that is going to be brought to closure by seeing that cool picture is unlikely to me. Well, cause to your point, it's, it's funny that you, you know, where we, the conversation kind of went in this direction um, we started with influencer marketing in 2015. And to your yeah. point, I used it as a very loose term because I said, okay, here's what everyone else is doing. Here's what the stats are doing. But does that mean it's incredibly smart? It's kind of like I looked at it, you know, from my finance and strategy background, right. kind of like the dot com. It's like just because X brand is throwing hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars at these influencers doesn't mean it's not working. Or does it mean it is working? And right. does it mean it's not the, it's not, it doesn't mean it's generating ROI. So right. I started looking under the hood and looking at, okay, what brands, if any, are actually tracking call to action, mm-hmm. are tracking codes, 
And with time from 2015 until the end of last year into this year, you know, through learning step by step, and we actually have an episode on this on how to build your brand with influencers and double your return because I learned, wait a minute, to really get the right quote unquote influencer. And it's the same thing like content, right? right. Content has a, is a term that's been around for years, whether it's Charles Dickens, whether it's right. the Christmas Carol, it's been around. Now it just has taken on a new realm and influencers, the same thing. You know, um, well, and, and more, it's taken on a new delivery mechanism yes. more than anything else. And then, you know, podcasting yeah. is content. Radio is telling stories by the fireside. Right? Exactly. It's you know, the Odyssey was originally told in in audible form. Exactly, and right. it's us having a conversation, and now people get to tune in and listen. You know, as if they're sitting here with us, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so, what I learned was exactly your point because in the beginning. We highly targeted, like for our Costa Rica retreat or our Cuba retreats, we highly targeted influencers that had great content, great numbers, great engagement. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was just because you can produce a great picture or a great video, if you never invited your followers to spend money before, it's going uh, yeah. to take them time <laughs> to absorb that now you're monetizing something. So that's like one realm into, like you said, the influencer. There's so many factors to dig in under the hood, so to speak, no different than what you're talking about with content. Yep. So, well, and so I don't know what's going to, my guess is we're going to see the trend or of people continuing to throw money at the latest thing will continue whether it's smart or not. <laughs> Depends and, on the company, right? The person. Yeah. And it, it, well, there's a lot of people coming in and out of marketing um, mm -hmm. NPR. There's a lot of, there's a lot of immaturity and I don't mean that in, I mean, just youngness. Yes. Um, and so I suspect that that probably is going to continue, although it looks like it's moving from one shiny, bright, shiny object to another. We're starting to see people in Instagram starting to be a little afraid that the money is moving away from there. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I don't know where it would move to, but you know, the, there's still going to be this, um, this dilemma with what replaces. And, and if you think about it, there is, if I'm buying things that are advertising mm -hmm. or I'm doing this short form sort of social media, mm -hmm. uh, short form in terms of uh, limited length of value, like an Instagram picture. Like an Instagram post. Exactly. An, an Instagram post is a valuable for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. That is a replacement for advertising. You know, it's, it's, it is basically that same sort of budget uh, versus uh, content mar marketing, which is a little different. It's a slow burn investment no, right? like where, where that blog post you write or that podcast you make or that video you create may still be a value, you know, two years from now. But on the other hand, it may not do anything today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you can't measure the value of that trip as soon as you get back and write the post, it, you know, it may be a year later, for instance, like this Al Albuquerque trip that, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I just got 6,000 people to read this post mm -hmm. because now it's before Relevant. the event mm -hmm. instead of after the event, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, clearly was of value, but you had to wait a year to see the value. In the some dance. Way. Yeah. Um, and I think there will always be this trade-off between that investment in 
content and things like that, SEO and those sort of mm-hmm. things that are an investment in your of your money into something that will have a little longer value, Mm -hmm. but don't necessarily have as immediate payoff versus investing in advertising or in these faster forms of social media. And it's not like one is right for everybody. Mm -mm. Um, So there will always be that trade-off. And I don't know, you know, we're seeing that advertising seems to be working less effectively year after year. Uh, People trust less. It's almost like people trust less. Trust factors, Mm -hmm. generational differences. My Mm -hmm. parents who were in their 90s will trust anything they read. (laughs) (laughs) See, my parents trust nothing. And and now we've taken away their computer for that reason. (laughs) So, which is a long, sad story that involves me also taking over their finances. But, Uh um, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's also because I think it goes back to like my parents are in their 60s and I think, you know, 90, 100 years ago, like what you just mentioned, generational, you could avidly trust people and that people, you know, were held at their word versus things change. Well, yes, but there were the, there were the flim flim salesmen and the snake oil salesmen, et cetera. Yeah. All that existed. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think on, so you talked about Instagram. So let's kind of hone in on a couple more things before we wrap up is you talked about Instagram and kind of the short term and the stories and now obviously IGTV exists. So how do you compare that to say like Pinterest, which Pinterest, obviously, like you mentioned, drives more traffic. You typically see a lot more long form, a lot more traffic driving, a lot more trust building in Pinterest. So that's kind of one angle. And then two, well, and I'll ask you next question. Go ahead. Yeah. Pinterest isn't a social network is part of the thing that's confusing. We we talked about it as if it were, but it's a visual search engine. Mm-hmm. So Pinterest investment is the same as SEO investment. I mean, it really is the same thinking in, mo- in same key terms. In many cases. Yeah. I've seen several platforms recently start to, because I play on both sides as a brand, mm-hmm. but as an influencer, because I like to see what they're doing. Yeah. And I've seen a lot more recently start to come about towards Pinterest. So it's been very interesting to see. Yeah, well, it it seems to pay back mm-hmm. in over the long term. That pins that you pin today, people will be re-pin, finding and repinning a year from now. No, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's there's some good long term value in that investment. So it's more on that side of things. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of long term, and speaking of that, as you see, as you were saying, like people trusting less, or maybe wanting more or more value before they trust or before they purchase, or before they go and follow someone, you know, whatever the action is, so to speak. Um, Do you see more brands, whether it's tourism boards uh, and or more bloggers, entering into longer term arrangements? So, you know, agreeing to be a host, agreeing to be a collaborator, agreeing to be an influencer, um, you know, for longer term arrangements to help them you know, cash flow, et cetera, as well as the tourism boards, as well as the brands and so on. We're certainly seeing that among the more, so I'm, I know the travel blogging space better than, better than the others, obviously, mm-hmm. but we're certainly seeing that among the more successful bloggers, that is uh, a portion of their success, a portion of their revenue, a portion of their strategy. Uh, will more brands do it? I, I think so. I'm, I'm getting a approached by a few more brands that are doing that. I think it makes sense um, to, to align yourself with people who make sense for you. 
relationship. You know, depending on what your audience is and, and do more, um, less, less, uh, uh, one night stand kind of marketing. <laughs> I say that all the time in one of my blog posts. I say, let's not have a one night stand. Let's not go on one date, two dates, three dates. Let's like go from one date to another. Right. And let's get married. Let's get engaged. <laughs> let's get married. So that's perfect. <laughs> I love that. So what about from a community aspect? So I was also looking at, you know, as we wrap up, um, I was looking at your manifesto on Amateur Traveler. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yes. I love to read. I always enjoy when people discover that. So. <laughs> I love to read. I love also like same thing on your podcast aspect that you've, you know, played with different languages and, you know, several different things that, you know, from an intentional standpoint on servicing, on creating value for the community. So anything that you want to leave, you know, whether it's our community tuning in for the first time, anyone that happens to venture, you know, into our community from your existing community or just anything else that um, you want to leave the listeners with or any calls to action. Any calls to action? Uh, well, obviously, you know, subscribe to Amateur Travel Podcast yes. or, or one of the other podcasts we've mentioned. Download we'll like 20 different one. episodes. <laughs> we'll leave you with one. Uh, well, if you travel, let, let's, let's be honest. If you're not a traveler, that show start. isn't for you. But if, you, if you're not a traveler, start. Well, I, I'm with that. But uh, so specifically, it is okay to not be for everyone. That's true. Uh, and I think that would be part of my tip. But let's, let's use Amateur Traveler as an example. Don't subscribe to Amateur Traveler if you just want to know about spring break kind of trips, right? If you just want to know about fly and flop kind of trips, you know, fly to the destination, flop on the beach, read a book. We don't, we don't talk about that. I, I, it's not I've that never heard that term before. Oh, I got it from Mary Jo Manzanares. <laughs> I love it. Like what? What's fly and flop? Like I like flop. Uh, the plane didn't make it. What happened? No, no, I love I love that term. It's such a it's such a descriptive term. Oh, we, yeah, I'm not we a talk about uh, more culturally engaged, historically engaged, mm-hmm. sometimes you know culinarily disaged. Uh, you know, depending on who we're talking to. But but we're trying to talk about what makes one destination different from another. So we don't talk about the kind of trip where you go and go to a club med and live inside your bubble to try not to have any change. No. Uh, if that's what you do, that's great. You're not my audience. I'm not your podcast. Exactly. And that's, I think, part of getting successful is realizing who you're not for. And it's okay to be not for people. Uh, it's it's okay to n- have people not in your audience and be true to yourself and, who, and where you want to where you want to yeah. grow and who you want to serve. I absolutely I, I don't think you can really be a value to a community if you're trying to make your community everybody. No, yeah, it's true. Like to your point, it you know it's 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 part of that process or part of that transformation is deciding right who you are, right. who you're for, who your brand is, who your brand is for. So I love that you honed in on that and the yeah, flying flop. That's I did a. Uh, a uh, survey at one point and the listeners of amateur travel came up being scarily educated. <laughs> I, I was, really, I was really surprised. And I, and I thought about it. I thought, well, yeah, if you're not a little nerdy, I probably turned <laughs> you off when I was, you, did you know that old Kinderhook, New York, where Martin Van Buren, Martin Van Buren is from, that that's where we get okay from, from Martin <laughs> Van Buren signing his signature with yes. Martin Van Buren. 
old hook or okay. Somebody just told me that. Who just told me that? That's so freaky. Like you're the second person. It was my Airbnb host. Oh, that's funny. And Castellefebos, Carlos. <laughs> so if you, you don't, don't like that kind of nerdy things, I'm not your guy. And that's okay. <laughs> no, so perfect. So actually on a nerdy aspect, Chris, so how many degrees and how many industries have you played in? Uh, how many degrees do I have? Uh, just two. I have okay, two okay. degrees in computer and systems engineering. Because you mentioned a PhD earlier. So I, I no, 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 no PhD. Uh, our, master's. Oh, th- oh, master's. Okay, okay, okay. You said master's in engineering and uh, okay. bachelor's. Okay, bachelor's. yeah. See, so, we're definitely here because same thing. Yeah, I yeah. got my master's degree, other certifications, and obviously I love to learn constantly. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely a lifelong learner. But when I talked about staying on for my PhD, my wife said <laughs> she sent me postcards from California. So... <laughs> So there is there is a hard line there. She was kind of ready to move on at that point, and I did enough study of my master's where I did a thesis. Uh-huh. I know I mentioned thesis. Yes, yes, yes. So to know that I don't love the R and D, I like D. <laughs> I'm not so much an R guy, uh, and so that's one of the. I went. It was nice going for a master's and realizing that no, I, I while I like to teach. Uh, I don't need a, I don't need a PhD. Yep, I can definitely relate. Let me ask you this. Have you ever taught like at a university level? Uh, only, only short courses. Okay. Same here. And as to your point, I found it fascinating that so much curriculum and so many that teach in the university setting haven't had the real world experience. So there's like a back to the R and the D there's like a right. disconnect with the D oftentimes. Um, so no, it's very interesting, but, um, so you talked about, um, the honing in on your audience, you yep. talked about serving, uh, you know, who aligns and nerds rule. That's my philosophy. I'm definitely <laughs> a nerd. Uh, yeah, I can definitely spend hours. Like you talked about SEO or like edits. I mean, I can spend hours upon hours, literally like hold in my own little world, like playing or learning stuff. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, it van- time vanishes literally. Um, and then community and then anything else is for obviously downloading amateur, downloading any episodes of passport ready of this week in travel and anything else specific or anything else from an aspect of, um, maybe any ideas that you're wanting to get or many, or maybe any other like things that would be useful for you, like to get value or anything else. Nothing off the top of my head. Okay. So thank you so, so much for your time. We so appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And as a recap, if you don't follow Amateur Traveler, um, you can go and follow a number of different uh, social media networks through the website directly, as well as downloading episodes on any of the podcasts. As well as if you are in PR or wanting to explore PR, Chris's Blogger Bridge tool is amazing. Uh, TBEX is another resource of how I learned about Chris as well. So shout out to Patty and Rick and the TBEX team as well. And um, thank you so, so much for being here. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights and travel with us, Chris. Thanks for tuning in with me at It's a Fit Life Creation. If you haven't already, head on over to our website at fitlifecreation.com where you can follow us on all social channels and explore our blog and so much more. And 
you may want to start creating with us in our free 14-day challenge, our creation club, to help you get healthy, make money, and build brands so that you create a life and a business you love and create transformation and unleash inspiration.